what happens when you take ride hailing services like uber and ola and put them on the blockchain it gives rise to drive an initiative that is set to revolutionize the way ride hailing services work by removing the third party between the rider and the driver mudit marda who is the co-founder and cto of drive is right in the middle of all this action and i was lucky enough to have him in today's episode of the mike and shots podcast so sit back relax and listen to this insightful conversation around the concept of drive blockchain entrepreneurship and the impact of college in mudit's life let's go for it Hey Mudit, what's up, man? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Divyansh. Thank you. Uh, glad to be here. <laughs> Great, yeah. So I think this conversation is going to be very interesting because we're going to talk about something which is very different, uh, something which is uh, kind of coming up. Your company, your product, Drive, uh, which is ride hailing on the blockchain, ride hailing service, and you're going to be competing with the likes of Uber and Ola. That's going to be very interesting, and also the fact that you've been in the Web three space for a while, the blockchain space, and you know you have a lot of knowledge on. crypto smart contracts so we're going to have some conversation around that and also about uh, your background you you've been to bits pilani right and that's that's very interesting and entrepreneurship as well so uh, on that note mudit uh, just wanted to ask you how have been the last couple of years or the last year been for you in terms of work in terms of work okay uh, uh, so the last year last year and the last i think couple of years have been have been fairly interesting for for starters they've been very uh, mixed uh, a lot of things have happened uh, there have been a lot of ups and downs it's it's been as if it's been you know like it's been very intense um, there have been um, yeah i mean i've tried to keep that steadiness in the balance in all the highs and lows and tried to be not too disturbed but it has been very very uh, interesting uh, if i may yeah it's been interesting interesting and hectic hectic very hectic <laughs> yeah because uh, you are operating from bangalore right uh, your company and uh, bangalore has that right. entrepreneurial vibe and you know uh, you know entrepreneurs are there everywhere across the city i've been to bangalore like couple of times and i've seen the vibe i've met founders so uh, how do you find the vibe of the place like how is bangalore as a as a you know startup hub is it really the case as in does it really offer you that kind of vibe absolutely yeah i mean absolutely 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 it's not it's not even just you know a startup i would say the vibe is very like tech startup y vibe in the sense ki agar main ye same cheez if i would have done this in in let's say in um, in in delhi ncr or even in uh, in mumbai or or pune or or calcutta or anywhere or hyderabad it it wouldn't have been uh, it wouldn't have been the same essentially uh, i mean we get a lot of customers who tell us that boss your your h your your app alignment is off your your api is not working i mean oh. things like that i cannot imagine that happening in <laughs> delhi ncr mm. i mean if i were doing this in delhi ncr people would probably just be abusing me things and work but out out here i think people just you know understand it's a very technical city as such so uh, running a technical startup a tech startup here or that to a deep tech startup which is like you know heavy uh, blockchain based crypto 
focused uh, so i think that uh, it makes a lot of difference us being in bangalore and bangalore i think is a good choice we took in terms of piloting so yeah Mm, interesting um i have seen a lot of folks uh, you know uh, moving to bangalore from uh, colleges like bits and iit so you've done your engineering from bits pilani as well i have interacted with folks from bits and they are doing like cre- creating crazy stuff on blockchain and entrepreneurship as well so uh, is there something about bits pilani that stands out like i just want to know about uh, the culture in the college and how does it impact you like as a person and even as an entrepreneur as a businessman technologist your perspective um i think uh, a college the, the college that you go to makes a lot of difference it, it 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 makes a big part of who you are and who you eventually turn out to be so um so i think for me bits and bits planning has been something which has been pretty close to my heart and pretty uh, important in in sculpting who i am today so i think i would give pilani a lot of credit for that so um i i think one of the most important things a college does to you is is make you meet a lot of uh i would say like minded young people so it's it's a it's more about the people than it is about uh, you know the the education and the degree i mean iits and and uh, bits and and these nits and these iams uh the the education that you get there i mean is is good i mean it's 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 cool but yeah. it's not what the place is about the place is about the people that you meet there so i think that's one thing that i've learned and i've built a lot of connections a lot of good friends there which i think have been what 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 has changed a lot of things yeah i even had this uh, this thing in mind because i see a lot of iits and i'm now seeing a lot of bitsins as well getting into entrepreneurship like probably have that network as well but is there some mindset shift which happens inside the that college uh, inside the environment which you know pushes you to do entrepreneurship or is it something else altogether um it's definitely one of the things is the network that you you know get plugged into and you see a lot of these you know high achieving people starting up things of their own but i mean i would say uh, this this um this this uh, at least i speak from the perspective of a bitsian you know um ki you 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 put in this place which is essentially a middle of a desert like it's a no man's land there's nothing there it's nothing like it's just you know absolute nothing and yeah. you put there for four years with a bunch of random people and you got nothing to do like so that is i think essentially where these ideas and that that sort of a, and and you've got a lot of a uh, lot of interesting co curriculars extra curriculars ha- happening and in fact i'm not sure if you know uh, bits is one of the only probably the only colleges in india which does not have an attendance policy like we got a 0% okay. attendance policy so you can essentially skip all classes without having to face any scrutiny for that like in mm-hmm. in other colleges you need to maintain a some 60% 70% 80% 90% attendance right sure you got no such compulsion you can just um you can just skip classes and do what you feel like yeah so i think that gives a lot of uh, um a lot of flexibility a lot of freedom to the students to choose what they want to do and i think that makes a lot of difference as well at least mm. for a for a bitsian i would say interesting and you know uh, i was going through your linkedin profile and uh, you know i saw that you've done a lot of projects like while while growing up as well and in, in your college as well and uh, that kind of probably shaped you as a technologist because you you are the cto of drive right now and the co-founder as well 
So can you shed some light on the journey you've had like before drive that you know pushed you into coming eventually going into this whole new era of web3 and blockchain and drive right just shed some light on your journey so web3 blockchain was um, i mean some of it was sparked i mean i i i think the the entire web3 revolution is more than just a couple of years i think it's a it's a paradigm shift in the philosophy itself web3 is more about you know getting the control of things back into your own hands so i think i've always i mean back ever since i can remember i've been a slight rebel of sorts i mean i've tried to fit in but i've always felt this this uh, you know slight uh, difficulty with trying to accept things the way they are and um, at least the organized structured uh, uh, what do you call organization of uh, culture that we have right so i've always been a little counter culture and i've been always been slightly rebellious to things and i think um, i think web3 gave me that that uh, that sort of a vision that everything should not be controlled by those who are powerful or those who are wealthy and those who are you know those who got i mean yeah those who are powerful essentially powerful either by uh, muscle power or by money so um, that is when i thought that when such people have got when, when they when they have power they tend to exploit uh, yeah. those who don't have such power um and and we've seen this with uh, with with big institutions with big people with banks with with governments with uh, with everything i mean you 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 know a few governments that oppress a lot of smaller governments you see uh, a lot of big banks that oppress a lot of uh, companies a lot of smaller banks a lot of smaller individuals so essentially this this might is right is kind of what i thought i always had a problem with and uh, the power being concentrated in the hands of few who do not utilize it properly so that is i think philosophically what i've always carried and with the entire web3 uh, picking up that that side of me i think got evoked mm-hmm. so i think it was more of a philosophical uh, uh, attraction than a technological attraction to begin with kr aisa bhi possible hai this this sort of a this sort of a way of life is also possible right uh, the entire peer to peer sort yeah. of a uh, thing and um, yeah that's how i think i and 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 to top it off i think i got out of college i started investing in crypto uh, okay. you know and i started looking at crypto investments and then the, that is where the tech side of me you know got uh, got inquisitive i want to know what powers this this crypto that i'm buying this crypto that i'm transferring for so cheap across uh, you know across countries so that is when i started digging into the underlying tech the underpinning uh, infrastructure and i came across blockchain um, i started delving into what blockchain is i started delving into um, into uh, smart contracts and building a lot of things and uh, yeah i mean that that time was very right it was back in 2006 17 i think 17 okay. which was i think what four five years from now yeah and uh, things weren't i mean blockchain wasn't as hot as it is now people were just starting to figure out things so mm. yeah i mean i i made a bit of money i lost a bit of money but more than that i i understood what is happening under the hood so i started doing a lot of projects essentially uh, a lot of indip- individual projects i started uh, servicing some clients so i think yeah one thing led to another and um, that is when drive happened essentially i um i met uh, my co-founders on telegram which is 
okay uh, which is i think uh, a place where the entire crypto uh, uh, scene is happening telegram and discord so you see a lot of telegram a uh, lot of uh, crypto web3 developers blockchain developers hanging out in telegram and discord yeah. so that is where i used to sort of hang out and i i found uh, my co-founders looking for a for a technical guy for a technical lead to help on the blockchain development and that is how okay. we connected i loved the idea and um, th- at that time the idea was at the very infancy ki boss we need to do a uh, we need to build a ride hailing application which is um, commission free which does not charge commission because we think that com- commission per ride per driver per day like every ride that a driver takes is is uh, you know charged with commission so we felt that that is not the right way of doing things and we wanted to turn that around but just turning that around would not be sufficient and that is what we had till then so that mm-hmm. is when i started you know plugging in and we came up with a lot of other major changes deviations from the regular uh, ola uber experience that you have and mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's it i suppose Uh, that's interesting because i have a couple of questions here so you talked about the fact that you became you are a rebel since the very beginning like that's your philosophical side of the world right so what uh, kind of uh, change shifted your mindset like how did you become a rebel is there something that influenced you uh, were there some uh, environmental factors or you know influence from the family <laughs> what was it uh i don't know man i i was never very i mean ever since a child i was never very happy with what we were being taught and how things were running i mean as far as i can remember i was not very yeah. happy with the the general way of life ki you you know you've got to you've got to study you got to do this you got to do that and uh, this is the way of living this is so i i mean i i always used to question a lot of things and i always used to i mean i don't think it was about it was ever triggered by any major experiences that i had as a child it was just generally i think how i was yeah i mean i i'm not sure how that that was the case but ever since i remember i just didn't like very yeah. organized very big organized things mm-hmm. and uh, things being imposed on me ki ye karna hai this is the way of Correct. life you have to do this if you want to be happy yeah. and that's something that i was not very happy about and is is there uh, any idol you kind of followed any particular idol uh, in terms of uh... say a movie star or a, a sports person that kind of influenced you in a way since i mean when i was when i was younger much younger i think um i i used to i'm always i've always been uh, attracted to music so i've always fancied a few music musicians and uh, you know rock stars and music stars and um, but yeah i mean um i've been I think one of the people that has uh, really put an imp- like a strong impression on me has been uh, one of the former uh, uh, Beatles one of the okay. you know uh, former uh, Beatle lead guitarist George Harrison that I think is one of the persons that I right uh, admire a lot that is kind of but that's been a recent I mean you know 4 5 years that I've been uh, yeah uh, sort of really impressed by his personality his achievements yeah one of the people that has influenced me a lot you know very relatable story uh, in terms of being a rebel so <laughs> on that note i think i'll uh, move on to the fact that you did a lot of projects right to to gain that knowledge in the web3 and blockchain domain so one of the questions which i get a lot from uh, say you know students who are following me on linkedin and uh, i'm in touch with a lot of other folks how do you crack such projects like what is the 
uh, way you get into such projects is it like cold dming the founders of such companies or any platform which you can go to stuff can you just shed some light on that yeah um one thing i mean um, not sure if this is going to answer the question but one thing that i think is very important is that your your fundamentals should be very clear i mean cold dms and all is a step beyond that but i've Correct. seen a lot of people cold dming me and reaching out uh, and trying to you know do things where their their basic fundamentals of what they are trying to do is 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 very off so i mean when that is the case however you may reach out however you may you know you may be on freelancer or you may be on upwork or you may just be reaching out to people on twitter or on instagram or or on linkedin or on discord or on telegram it's all going to fail because yeah. uh, at the end of the day you know you're not going to be able to pull it off yeah mm. so i think one of the major things is knowing at least the basics and the fundamentals of things very thoroughly um, which i feel is is somewhat lacking because of course the the entire blockchain industry is also new so i mean i'm just going to speak on behalf of blockchain and web3 so i think there um, it's important to sort of uh, know that before you jump in but yeah having done that if you're confident that you know you are you are confident about the the tech side of things if you know the basics and if you're good with that then i think what helped me is um, is to always have faith in the fact that there's a lot of work around here i mean uh, blockchain is evolving there are not as many developers as are needed so there's a lot of work i mean there's a lot of lot of opportunities that are existing in the space and uh, just having that faith gives you that assurance that you will get you land you land with something so i think beyond that what worked for me like was was yes linkedin helped me a lot uh, i think telegram again telegram discord insane places to be if you want to be in the web3 space if you want to get plugged in in there there are a lot of groups which are focused on uh, developing another thing that i think helped me a lot were hackathons i think i participated in a couple of hackathons as well so if you get into good hackathons um, you you get to meet a lot of peers who are building similar stuff who got similar ideologies who got similar skill sets you get to meet a lot of mentors who can guide you uh, and of course you can win yeah. a chance to win win you know money and like a lot of i would say recognition so i think these were the things that worked mm. for me interesting because you know uh, i just wanted to know how you know things shape up in terms of uh, projects when it comes to web3 because i see a lot of folks doing it but you know they lack the fundamental as you just said right they're trying to <laughs> get projects but yeah fundamentals are lacking so yeah that's the first stepping stone and from projects i think i'll jump to the fact that you are the cto of drive and you know uh, running this cool startup which is kind of has a lot of potential so uh, mother tell me like how does it uh, feel to be you know the cto of such a you know what do you call very promising kind of a startup and a promising idea and product as well so and you know uh, what did it take to reach this level of you know the product which it is right now like it's kind of very probably popular among the people who know about web3 right now and you may just go beyond such folks i think that's what you uh, intend to do reach uh, the layman and uh, every other person right so tell me more about drive and how did you reach this level and you know how does it feel to be the cto what is your day to day sure man um that's a lot of questions so <laughs> let me 
try to take them one by one. But yeah, uh, Drive, uh, I think I, I mentioned about how it started off. We started off with this one idea of, of trying to make sure that drivers are not exploited because they were being, and they still are being exploited by uh, a lot of big giants, right? I mean, they were lured in by a lot of incentives. And once they were hooked into the platform, they're now being exploited majorly. I think we wanted to remove that exploitation which comes in with the centralized control of things, which manifests in the form of commissions. And we realized that the drivers don't actually, they barely make any money and they barely take any money back home. So it was more of a, I mean, we've had, we had some, some moving conversations with a few drivers, which kind of made us feel that um, they're not they're not being treated fairly and justly, which I think was the major motive behind doing this. So yeah, um, fast forward to, I think, last year we started, uh, I mean, we, we took us a while to actually build the entire product, I mean, in our heads also. So I think with everything that you ever do, the first thing is it it, it sort of, you conceive it in your head, you, you sort of, you know, understand the full depths of it and then only then it sort of manifests in the real world, so to say. So uh, I think it it, it 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 took us a good good one one and a half probably even quarter to two years to to even conceive drive. I mean, we started off with this idea of no commission wrangling using blockchain, but blockchain requires you to. I mean, we, we saw a lot of players in the market back back in two thousand eighteen and even nineteen that put the that took the Uber model put it on a blockchain and hope that it will work. But it didn't, of course, because I mean, what just changing the technology does not make the product different, right? Um, a lot of people have tried to do this with blockchain things. Okay. You take any application, take any use case, pick it up, put it on a blockchain and that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, blockchain is not some, some magic wand that can solve things just by plugging yeah. that in. Yeah. Uh, which is something I think all, all our, all my co-founders, we all recognized well in time okay. that blockchain is an enabler. But it's not the solution in itself. It's an enabler enabler to a solution, but it is not the solution in itself. If you plug in blockchain, you've got, boom, you've, you've got the solution. So that is something we recognized early on. And we were trying to stay away from this, this whole concept of picking up the same model and plugging that on a blockchain and hope, hoping to make it work. So coming back to where I was, yeah, it took us a good one and a half one, one and a half, two years to actually conceive what drive would be if we were to, you know, make it different from Uber. And we've actually created a lot of differentiation now that, you know, I mean, in retrospect, which took a lot of time, I think now when I'm at this juncture, if I look back, it makes a lot of sense how we've majorly differentiated drive from uh, the likes of Uber, Ola, Grab, Lyft, uh, Rapido, I mean, any other product that you uh, take, which is doing well in the market. So yeah, I think uh, that was one thing, and um, how it 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 feels. I think it it feels normal, man. I mean, it's it's not as if we've done a big job as of now. We we are doing fine. I think we we've got a bit uh, a good number of drivers on board. We're clocking in a few rides uh, across Bangalore. We're just in Bangalore at the moment. Yeah, and. Um, um, it just feels good. I mean, we just released a a, a video. Yeah, um, I saw that. A small video, I think, day before yesterday about Correct. how we are changing lives one driver at a time. And 
uh, that video, I think we called our entire office onto our floor and uh, we've got about three floors. We called everyone on the floor and we, you know, plugged it into our uh, television and we showed it to everyone. And um, the purpose was to make people realize that we're actually trying to solve a problem and we're trying to impact lives and mm. try, trying to improve lives of people that we that we interact with so frequently but do not care about so much. Yeah. So I think um, that kind of is still the underlying mora or the, the value of what we are trying to do. Okay. So it feels good that way, but it doesn't feel, I would say, it doesn't feel too special. It just feels very hectic mm. and it just feels like you know, have to do a lot of work. But yeah. Interesting. And, uh, you know, whatever from whatever I've read uh, about Drive, so you're kind of uh, removing the center party essentially that takes the commission like for example uber will take a lot of commission not sure like 30 40 percent they might be taking not sure about the real figure what right. is it what is the real figure 30 40 percent that's actually kind of true it, it ranges from anywhere between 25 to 45 percent wow uh, and the worst part is it differs per rider per, sorry per driver per destination so let's say if you want to go to the airport it could be 40 percent but if you want to mm-hmm. go somewhere nearby it could be probably 25 percent or 30 okay. percent so it depends on what the sort of ride is, what time of the day it is. Uh, so the commission itself being variable is again a big issue. I mean, if you say flat 10%, flat 20%, flat 30%, it's still fine. But you not knowing, I mean, imagine this year, these are all independent contractors, right? The drivers are all independent contractors. They, they, they don't, they're not employees of these companies, right? Hmm. So, I mean, who are independent contractors? The guys who come in, you know, uh, let's say who, who, who build your houses, who, who, who paint your houses, who do all Correct. these sort of, you know, contractual chores, or maybe let's say a freelancer, right? So whenever you engage with such independent contractors, you always, you always quantify, you always, you know, figure out the quantum of work and uh, figure out the, 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 the appropriate compensation for the same, right? Mm. And even if there is a middleman, all the terms are well established before the contract actually proceeds. But in the case of a ride hailing sector, that doesn't happen. Mm. You don't know, you don't know what sort of a commission is going to be levied, how much fare you're going to actually get. So things like that are actually completely black boxed. They're completely uh, hidden, which we think is again, incorrect. Uh, we think mm. there needs to be some transparency, which a blockchain with smart contracts could, could bring in. Got it. So I think, yeah, that's my question was that, uh, why did you even consider blockchain and smart contracts for this whole concept? Because I know it's a little technical for us to understand, but there might be some precedence to it. And, uh, you know, why did you choose blockchain? And uh, is there a possibility of having such an idea without blockchain and without smart contracts? Is there a possibility of having such an idea? Yeah. So actually, before answering that, I'll tell you how our app works. That'll help you get a better sense of of why blockchain. So um, our app basically uh, does away with the entire platform dictated pricing model. We've, we've decided that we do not dictate the prices as a platform. I mean, we do not tell you that, you know, uh, currently we are on 1.8 X surge or a 1.5 X surge and you need to pay so much if you want to take a ride. Uh, if you don't, if you do not want to pay that, wait for the search to get over or I don't know, take public transport or take the other ride healing, trans, you know, service. So, so we, we didn't want to go that route and we wanted to let the market dictate the price instead of the platform dictating the price. So what we did was we, we've, we came up with what is now a, a patent pending, uh, you know, 
negotiation model of sorts and uh, it's actually technically a bidirectional auction uh, which is very simple i mean it might sound uh, complicated but it's very simple it's 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 like as a user you can you can provide an incentive while booking a ride so you can this is technically i mean in the app we call it boost so you can boost your ride okay and the more you boost boost is just like a percentage that you increase from the base mm. fare and the base fare is calculated very transparently it's calculated using the government uh, figures so let's say the government uh, the rto specifies a distance multiplier like per kilometer what is the charge per uh, wait time of 1 minute what is the charge per you know 1 minute of travel time what is the charge what is the multiplier what is the minimum fare that you start off with what is the minimum 3 4 kilometer distance that you have to pay for things like that are Got specified it. by you know the government of different areas they could be state government they could be you know uh, like municipality governments or they could just be national laws that dictate this in different okay. parts of the world so we just take these numbers and calculate a base fare based on the expected distance and time that we get from you know uh, mapping services yeah. right once you get that you can as a user decide to boost that number by however much you want Okay. and boosting simply means increasing it however much you want so you can increase it by 10% 20% 30% 40% all the way up to you know 100% and uh, shoot that right request the more you boost a ride the more your chances are of getting a ride essentially uh two ways how that happens one is of course you increase the money so the likelihood of a driver picking that up is higher by default second is the more you boost the farther away we start sending that so let's say if if you requested ride with zero boost we send it to let's say the nearby 5 10 drivers within oh, a radius okay. of got it 2 kilometers but the more you boost it your search area increases got it and therefore more drivers come in and since you've increased your fare uh drivers who are far off can now become incentivized to come and pick you up okay right because okay. you're being you're, they're being paid, paid, paid more so yeah. they get incentivized yeah so they get incentivized to come and pick you up from farther away Uh, when you're not getting a ride nearby right so that's kind of how this model works so we send a request uh with a boost it goes to the drivers the drivers have an option to counter quote on it Got so it. let's say you say it's 100 rupees ride i can i want to go for 120 rupees some driver can come and say all right i'm willing to go for 120 rupees someone can come and say i would like 130 bucks yeah but someone can come and say okay i have not got a ride since the past 3 hours let me take you for 110 bucks Okay. I'll give you a 10 rupees discount on what you've what you've proposed, mm. right? So, all of these drivers when they counter quote, we put that in a list and we show it to the rider. Okay. The cool part is this: the rider, the passenger can actually choose which driver to go with, right? And here's the fun part: this choice is not with you when you're riding with the traditional ride-hailing yeah. companies. You don't have yeah. this choice. Yeah. You yeah. don't get to decide who you go with. It's a ride that is matched to you by the platform <laughs> itself, right? Yeah. So here what happens is you can choose whether you want the nearest driver or you want the highest rated driver got it or you want the cheapest driver yeah. i mean it depends on what you want at different times of the day different you know time place circumstance can determine what you're looking for so you can optimize whichever parameter you want and choose the driver accordingly and that's Interesting. it connected correct so now that you understand how the app works let's figure out why blockchain okay So I mean we could do this without blockchain all of this could work right. but how would you guarantee that we as the as the platform are not manipulating things so let's say if someone is putting a counter quote of of 110 rupees 
what stops us from from blocking that and giving a preference to a driver that is counter coding is coding 120 rupees mm-hmm. so that i make more more uh, commissions or i make right. more profit i might okay. just throttle some drivers requests i might throttle some um, i might delay some drivers requests i might mm. manipulate someone's numbers right right um, so all of that 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 transparency that trust is is removed if mm. you remove a blockchain with a blockchain what happens is all of the peers all of the drivers and passengers can directly talk to the chain right okay with us just being an interface mm. so that way any ride request that you put in any boost that you add any uh, any counter that code that you make stays on the chain it is completely verifiable it is it is oh, okay. it is there for anybody to validate that you know you actually made that quote and you've got the right so that's kind of the idea behind this that's that's interesting and when you say uh, on chain uh, it means that you have essentially a blockchain network and you put that data on the blockchain network and nodes will verify if that data is correct or not right uh, whenever change yes happens. so i mean not just nodes we run it through some smart contracts so there are right. certain rules that have been written in smart contracts like for example you requested a ride okay and there are some three drivers that have been selected to count the code i who is not one of the three drivers should not be able to count a quote. So if I want to say that, you know, I'm going to give you that right for 10% discount, it is of no value, right? So th- yeah. those are some rules that you put in the contracts to check that you're not allowed to write, you know, count a quote for this, or or you you cannot quote for more than 100%. So things like these, these checks have been put in there. And these also get, so your anything that you do gets validated by these, gets, um, you know, adjusted and then, gets recorded and this is interesting because i want to know how do you guys uh probably earn through this product because if you have started this then yeah yeah yeah. how do you guys earn through this then so how we make money is through a subscription model so it's like any subscription that you use netflix or whatever so basically we charge the drivers a daily subscription um daily weekly monthly depending on you know what their capacity of paying is of course monthly is cheaper than daily but uh, so like essentially they pay us an upfront uh, 100 or you know 150 bucks of course this has not been rolled out we are still rolling out our services for free but eventually we'll charge an x amount per day which you either pay upfront or gets adjusted on your rides right? okay and after that, any number of rides you take are free. There's no commission that's being charged. So we make money from the from the subscription. Um, initially, the, the subscriptions are only for drivers, but eventually we foresee a set of premium features that we could roll out for, for passengers also, which could come under a subscription plan. For example, if you want guaranteed rides, right? If you want a ride in like a minute, a ride booked in one minute, so things like that are premium features for which we could have a you know a plan for even the passengers. So that's kind of our revenue model. Hmm. Interesting. And I just wanted to uh, understand one more thing that you have competition already in the market. Like they have Uber, you have Uber, you have Ola in Bangalore as well, and which is pretty strong. And other smaller companies which are doing ride hailing, uh, Rapido, etc. And they have a fair share of the market and people are aware of these, uh, you know, uh, companies and these products. They're very popular in uh, tier one cities and probably they're going into tier two as well. How do you plan to kind of uh, dethrone them? Because you need to educate the riders, 
educate the drivers as well for this. So what's your plan on this? How do you plan to actually compete with these giants? So a lot of it is, is uh, marketing. A lot of it is, you know, is, is reaching out to the audience. A lot of it is ops, a lot of it is marketing without going into too much of, of ops in marketing and, you know, the, the strategies and schemes there because I'm not a marketing or an ops fellow myself. But I mean, I, the only thing I can tell you is there's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of marketing game that is involved there and uh, you need to have it right for you to, you know, connect to a wider audience. So uh, as of now, we're focusing on the digital uh, marketing, like social media marketing yeah. that's working out well for us because we do not have the, the kind of funds to, you know, have billboards uh, across it. the streets and things like that. So I think that's, that's fine because Bangalore, the, the crowd is very, um, is very active on social media. So yeah. um, it's, it's better to uh, promote your app on Instagram that is on a billboard in uh, yeah. Church Street, I, I think. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So beyond that, I think, sorry, I think you're saying something, but yeah, beyond that, uh, what has helped us is a feature which is called, I mean, which is our referral model. So our referral model has let us organically uh, scale up very fast, very, very, uh, very quickly. Because, so how our referral model works is, if you refer anyone in the platform, you make 1% of their fares till eternity. Okay. So every ride they do, okay. you get 1% as a referrer. So imagine if you onboard, if you help a driver onboard on the platform, right? Mm-hmm. You make, like if the driver makes 5,000 bucks a day, uh, you make 50 rupees a day. And if you, if you onboard 10 such drivers on the platform, you make 500 a day without doing anything. Like it's all right. passive income. Yeah. So that has caught like wildfire and a, a lot of people effect, are yeah. actually, yeah. So that network effect has, and this is enabled because, you know, we've got, we've got a peer to peer network. Uh, so again, blockchain kicks in here, a lot of crypto economics comes in here and this helps us scale the, the downloads organically very high. That's another thing. And uh, tell me one more thing, because this is based on blockchain smart contracts. Uh, I've also seen your token, uh, which you launched, which is, I think, the DRF token. Uh, where does this fit right. into the picture, the DRF token? And, uh, you know, uh, I first you shed light on this and then I'll probably ask more about crypto from you. Mm-hmm. Sure. So uh, the DRF token is, is, is I would say, quintessential. It's, it's very important for our application. Um, as of now, we've not integrated DRF very tightly into the application because of, you know, us being in India and the regulations still not being very clear about uh, crypto and things like that. But yeah, I mean, DRF is the underpinning currency of the, of the, of the entire platform. Eventually we foresee the rights being, being paid off in DRF, right? Okay. Uh, but that's not, not in India as of now, at least, but eventually I hope that is the case in India as well. We have plans to do this in a few other countries like like Dubai, like Dubai, for example, which is yeah. more crypto friendly than, mm. than India. So that is one of the utilities. But one of the major use cases of DRF is our franchisee model. So another interesting thing about us is we operate in a franchisee model. Mm-hmm. We do not set up operations in different parts of the world ourselves or different parts of the country ourselves, like how Uber or grab or ola or lift or even rapido does right so um we franchise out our operations and we provide the tech 
to get hold of any franchisee, you need what we call as an FNFT, which is a franchisee NFT. We again use NFT tech here. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the, you know, one of the very unique use cases of NFTs. Generally, when you talk of NFTs, you see, you know, JPEGs and audios and all of that stuff. But yeah. we've tried to use NFTs for the use case of franchising. So every city, every state is converted into an NFT. And by acquiring that NFT, you get the rights to to run operations in that particular city on behalf of Drive. And okay. uh, using that NFT, you can configure different parts of the smart contracts and okay. you can configure the entire application. So basically, uh, this NFT is acquired using some sort of uh, auctions wherein the DRF token comes in. So the more you stake, the more your likelihood of getting um, a franchisee is. Oh. So you use the tokens to get hold of, of certain uh, certain areas of operations, basically. Got it. And okay. whoever holds tokens gets a share of revenue. So for example, if you've got some tokens, but you do not actually want to run operations in, let's say, Delhi, mm -hmm. what you can do is you can delegate your tokens to someone who wants to contend for the for the franchisee. If right. they win, your token gets locked with them, right? And let's say if you've given them 1% of the total locked tokens, they give you 1% or whatever, 0.5%, depending on what agreement you've got in, they give you a share of the revenues or the profits they make. So that's kind okay. of where okay. the tokens come in. Wow. And there are other, you know, other interesting things about the token. We, we plan to sort of give out tokens per ride. So every time you take a ride, you get some tokens and the drivers can use those tokens for leveraging micro loans, things like that. So okay. as a driver, you can take those tokens, you can again lock it, or you can spend those tokens to get loans, things like that. So there are other such plans also in the roadmap. Got it. Got it. So, uh, you know, a natural question arises is about, about the crypto market, the crypto side of the things, right? So currently I think, uh, the people have lost trust in crypto, like the day men who have in, had invested in the crypto tokens like uh, blockchain, uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum and stuff. And, uh, you know, probably the confidence is a little, little lower right now because of other uh, macroeconomic conditions, right? So does that also impact you in some way? And also the fact that, uh, you know, from your perspective, where is the crypto market right now? And uh, how will you as a company try and gain more trust of the people? to actually, you know, undertake or, you know, download your product and start using it. What do you think about? Um, yeah, I think the, the sentiment is not the best uh, at the moment. That's for sure. And um, what ben what works in our benefit is that we are not seen as a crypto company per se. Like we are seen as a, as a, as a taxi company, which is a deep tech company, which uses blockchain. I mean, we, we, the most extreme you could see us in general is as a blockchain company that does taxi operations right? right but very few people see us as a crypto company so i think that way is we are uh, we've not been subjected to a lot of uh, inconvenience and i think we've been fine both from the users perspective from the drivers perspective from the community perspective and the government perspective i think we've been fairly uh, you know safe there because we do not actually in india deal with a lot of crypto we kept the crypto thing aside in india when we operate that okay. being said um i think in general uh again it, it's more about the the generic i mean this could this could go on for a long time if i start delving into this but it's more about um 
again, it, it comes down to that side where what you think is right. Do you think the government controlling the, 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 the currency mm-hmm. or the banks controlling the currency, yeah. do you think that is right or do you think a freely controlled currency is right? So I think it, it ultimately comes down to that and whoever has faith on that will continue to hold and eventually, hopefully, uh, markets will correct themselves. They'll become uh, you know, more favorable and the bulls will be back. So yeah, let's see. I think I should ask a personal question. Have you invested like too much money in, in crypto or? Uh... <laughs> uh, not really. I've got, uh, I've got a, a, a bit of my investments in crypto for sure. Um, but not a lot, I, I would say. I, um, and um, I think ever since Drive happened, there's no time to sort of, you know, look at investments, to look, to, to track investments, to uh, invest at all as such. So yeah. it's more about you know investing time, money, and consciousness in in drive more than anything. So I would say that as such, I had investments long ago when I was much younger, but but I think uh, now the investments are kind of taken a backseat. I've not even looked at my portfolio, and mm. uh, so yeah, not not a lot, man. I wish I wish yeah. I had though. I wish I had though. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Interesting. And, you know, from that, I want to also understand that, you know, Web3 is kind of democratized technology in a way across the globe. It's not like the US is the only hub right now. Other countries like Dubai, uh, Dubai as a city has picked up and, you know, UAE has picked up in Web3. I think we are doing great, man. Yeah, Uh, even India. That's, that's I mean, the question. In terms of, uh, in terms of the tech, yeah, go, go for it. Let's, let's no, see the question. Same, same question. Uh, that what do you think about India? Because I see a lot of talent here and a lot of companies like Drive yours and building up. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I think we are doing great as a company in terms of, in terms of building things, man. We are doing fabulous in terms of producing talent that can build stuff, that can conceive stuff, that can work with this entire philosophy i think uh, and and we've got projects like polygon we've, pro- we've got projects like uh, like i don't know uh, like persistence we've got projects like uh, a lot of projects that are doing wonderful out of india right uh, like economy we, we've got a lot of uh, good projects coming out from india and um, i'm not sure if um, if drive is again fit to be in that category i hope it is but the the only thing that i think could hold us back is unfavorable government policies because i mean even if you put policies this is something that you cannot really stop yeah as such at least that's what i i, I believe so it, it makes most sense to to um to understand the technology to to live with it and to sort of let it uh, bloom in a way that it becomes uh, it is it is a positive growth rather than suppressing yeah. it so that it grows negatively because mm-hmm. it will grow for sure it's yeah. going to take it's going to be there so it's it's in the hands of the governments to either uh, you know let it grow nicely while keeping some checks and balances in place weeding out the 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 wrongs or otherwise completely try to suppress it and then you know it booms one day mm. with a lot of uh, things that you did not want to you know have so i think that's kind of a choice that's there yeah. with the, the big guys even I'm very bullish on, on Web3 and the talent that we have in the country. At the same time, you know, uh, coming back to to uh, to Drive because, you know, you are a growing company and you have uh, people in your company as well, right? So how big are you right now? And, uh, you know, uh, probably you're growing as well. Yeah, we've got about 70, 65 to 70 people right now. 
Um, so yeah, that's and and that's grown massively in the last four or five years. I think we've we've kind of doubled, if not tripled, since yeah. the last three months. So we're scaling up like anything, and um, yeah, I mean uh, the number of drivers that we've got on on board have reached about I think twenty thousand, of which about eight thousand drivers are active on the platform, and we've got about. Um, about a hundred thousand users signed up on the platform, clocking about about six thousand, seven thousand rides a week. So Whoa. I think we've got uh, a good bit of things going around here. So as we scale up, things will only increase, hopefully. And when you say hundred thousand, it's only Bangalore, or is it any other city as well? Just just Bangalore, man. We we just wow. live in Bangalore, so all of this is in Bangalore. <laughs> Probably you'll come to Delhi soon, then, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, the 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 plan is to uh, either get into Delhi NCR or uh, uh, Mumbai. I think we've got Hyderabad also lined up. Okay. But yeah, Delhi NCR or Mumbai is is kind of what we are discussing internally about where to go next. Awesome, awesome, man. I think uh, that's all I had in terms of questions, and I think uh, you know you shed light on entrepreneurship, your journey, uh, bits pilani, Web three drive, mm-hmm. and I think. Uh, we've touched upon a lot in this uh, in this episode as well for the podcast and the conversation we've had and uh, probably i think i i'll wish, wish you all the best for for drive i think the product looks amazing i have it uh, with me as well and uh, you know i'm just waiting to try it out soon and uh, give you some feedback as well and uh, you know till the time we we meet sometime like i'll come to bangalore and let's see i'll be meet up as well and we'll have some fun together on Absolutely, that note yeah Thank yeah. you, Modit. Thank you, Modit, for this, and uh, really appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much for this. Likewise, thanks a lot, Divyansh. Cheers. 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 So that was Modit Marda from Drive. If you enjoyed this conversation, then don't forget to follow Mike and Shots podcast. Till then, take care, and more insightful conversations like these will be coming soon on the podcast.